Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I'm Karen Curtis. I'm Jennifer Ross. Yeah, Jen's back. She's been investigating and digging oh, this, up crime. And... That crap I found. Wait, we we got great episodes coming up, I can tell you that. So good. I hope you're not the perpetrator. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm usually the one with the gun, but I'm not the one getting caught. Put, put it that way. Uh, and along with my podcast Bear Cub reporter and researcher, Lexi Bear. Hey guys, I'm glad to be here, even though Jen said she's going to bury me. Well, we promised that we would do this podcast this week because the trial date's actually coming up for Austin Harriff. He was the uh, 19-year-old FSU frat boy who kind of snapped and lost it and um, ended up killing two people in their garage and allegedly eating one of their faces. Now, this happened, but this happened a long time ago. This is what kills me about the judicial system here in the United States. Four years ago. Yeah. This, this, well, it's going to be four years quickly, and that's when his trial is, is next year, right? It, well, November 4th this year, actually. Is it November yeah. 4th? They're going for the insanity plea, and there's many reasons why. I want to really look at, did you see Joker? Yeah. I did. Yeah, the insanity aspect, and a lot of people, especially parents, can't identify when their kid is exhibiting some schizophrenic and men- mental instability. It's difficult. You know what? You know, I'm going to argue with you on that. I think they recognize it, and I think they refuse to do anything about it because they don't want to accept it. There's a stigma and the yes. acceptance. It's there. It's no different than having heart disease. And there's medication that works profoundly well. And the first step would be maybe going to see a therapist and talking about what's going on up there. But anyway, this was August 15, 2016. Martin County Sheriff's Office deputies found Austin Harriff at that time 19. Now he's obviously in his 20s on top of a bloodied 59-year-old John Stevens gnawing on his face and making growling sounds. So this is another aspect of it. His sister said he was behaving like a dog. He thought he was a dog. And he would be in the bushes and he'd sit in the back seat like a dog. And How long ago, prior to his attacking this family, did all this stuff implement itself? Two weeks. So two weeks beforehand. His behavior's changed. His beha- do they... Do we know why? I no. mean, I'm sure you're going to get gonna to get this in, eventually. Yeah, we'll get into it. Because there was another face-eating case in Miami, which we'll get into, and they attributed that to bath salts. Right. And I remember when this case hit, that was the first thing everybody thought. Correct. He got into bath salts. But mental illness seems to be the common thread. Yes. So inside the garage of the home on Southeast Kokomo Lane... It's a beautiful neighborhood, by the way. He it's off at Tequesta Drive in Tequesta. In Tequesta, thank you. Yeah, that you're in Martin County. That's where you yeah. hang out. It's, it's it's always near you. It follows me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a magnet for crazy people. So I don't know. It's just the, it's just north of the Palm Beach County line, and then the deputies found 53-year-old Michelle Mishkon beaten, bloodied, and unresponsive. How horrible. So as the teen was taken to St. Mary's Medical Center in West Palm Beach, he said... That he ate something bad, and they asked, what was it? And he replied, humans. Mm, wonderful. And he had their... Okay, nah, he had we their, don't need to... Yeah. It, but tell me, his father... He was a dentist. Yeah. His father's a dentist? Yeah. I don't know, creasing out the yeah, irony. The irony of the teeth? Probably told him to floss after, because, but anyway. <laughs> this is, that's disgusting. I'm sorry. He had stuff in his teeth. Oh, God, he's like a shark. Like when a shark eats somebody or it eats a, a seal or something, it gets stuff stuck in its teeth. Yeah. Oh, it, that's horrible. So, yeah, anyway, not to be insensitive, but... That's disgusting. Human. So, in the weeks, months, and now years that have followed, which you pointed out, the case garnered international attention and a couple of first-degree murder charges and the diagnosis of clinical lycanthropy, delusions, 
known as werewolf syndrome. Are you kidding me? I am not. There's a syndrome yes. that makes you think you're a werewolf? Yes. You watch too many Harry Potter films? I mean, what's going on? That's what she said. That's what it's the I only said. werewolf I know, other than, you know, the old werewolf movies. But what's his name was a werewolf. Ramus. Thank you. What happened? He turned into one at night, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, when the moon was full, yeah. He, and when during the day, you never saw him. <laughs> he only came out at night, right? Well, no, he was a professor. He taught during the day, and then certain days he would turn into a wolf and not be able to change back. But didn't he take drugs? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. And J.K. Rowling actually did a lot of research for her characters. She actually compared the Dementors to depression. She said depression felt like your happiness, memories, any good feeling being sucked from your body and you being left with nothing, similar to what they do in the movie. So who knows? Maybe she looked up lycanthropy and used it for Ramus's character. Well, this lycanthropy is a form of madness involving delusion of being an animal, which he seemed to have, Austin did, and usually a wolf and corresponding altered behavior, which would be psychotic episodes, either schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, or clinical depression. And they're saying that two weeks before this all happened, his personality changed. He became very serious. His friends all abandoned him because he was talking about extremist ideas and he was he had like anger bursts and he jumped on his dad's car and dented it and his dad goes you dented my car and he's just like deal with it you know are you kidding uh-uh. so so for two weeks prior to this but there had to be something traditionally like when you get a serial killer there's that catalyst there's that one little thing that breaks him and all of a sudden they, they snap, snap right. right so is there anything in his past that all of a sudden you know, he snapped because you can't tell me mental illness just got turned on. This kid had to have it most of his life and something happened. Well, so what usually manifests and presents itself in your late teens, early 20s is when it really shows up. My ex-husband, I won't say his name, but postman, after I married him, he snapped and was eventually... You were the snapper. He, he, <laughs> he was diagnosed schizophrenic and he was burning his passport, counting bullets, not sleeping. That's a big one, not sleeping. It was scary. I had pepper spray all over the house. But like I said, it's like a heart condition. They take medication, they're okay, but 80% of them don't take the medication because after they start taking it, they feel fine. They become absolutely normal, and then they stop taking the meds, and you don't know that they're not taking them, and then they go back into the psychosis. Wow. It's a really, really scary thing. But the lycanthropy, um, there's suggestions that there are certain neurological conditions and cultural influences that may result in the expression of the human-animal transformation theme that defines the condition. So we really don't know what happened. Yeah, he thought he was half dog, half man the day of the attack. Actually, a psychologist for the defense wrote that in a 38-page report after a six-hour interview with Harif. Woof. And what's interesting is before the interview, the psychologist admitted that he thought Harif could be putting on an act. Again, woof. <laughs> Which was a, an unfortunately a very tragic but violent uh, homicide scene. So that's Jeez. our friend, the sheriff of Martin County, yeah. William Snyder. So what happened before that? Well, earlier that night, the 19-year-old frat boy, an alleged cannibal, was actually eating dinner at a Duffy's restaurant there in Jupiter. It's actually on Indian Town Road in 95, and he got upset with the service. The suspect became uh, upset about something going on with the, the service at the restaurant. I'm not exactly sure, but that he finally, uh, in disgust, got up and left the restaurant and took off on foot. 
like four miles to his mom's house. And then here's the father explaining to this was Dr. Phil had an exclusive interview oh, with I the father that. and with Austin after the incident happened. His father said that when he got to the house, Austin got to his mom's house, he was really thirsty. She calls and says, she calls Text, you. She texts my daughter and we said, there he is. And so she said, we say, what's wrong with him? Bring him back. Did she notice anything unusual about him when he got to the house? Yes. What was it? He grabbed a bottle of Wesson oil and was going to drink it. Then she stopped him and he poured it in a bowl and put Parmesan cheese in it and he ate that. It's very abnormal. This is out of character for him. Yes. He was extremely dehydrated because we'd been on a four-hour walk. So he was going to drink Wesson oil because he was dehydrated? Wow. So the brother brings him back to the restaurant, as you said, and the father grabbed his shirt and said, what is wrong with you? And he seemed embarrassed, and then he left again. And that's the last time his father saw him before the police showed up. And then he saw him in the ICU after that, after he had killed two people, according to police. Can you imagine as a father or as a mother, you get that phone call? Well, no, they came to the house and they showed him a photo. Oh, my God. And here's what they said. The police come to your house. Did they describe what had happened at the scene of the crime? The police said he's killed two people and eaten them. Oh, my and God. the blood that you see is not his own. Can you imagine? No. So the cops, but I, I can't imagine the cops just showed up and said, your son killed people. I'm sure they had to positively identify him first. <sighs> so here's a picture of your son. Is blood all over his face? Is this your son? I mean, it's pretty traumatic. You would think, you know, usually cops aren't that insensitive. They'll say, you know, know here's your, your kid. He killed two people. Yeah. And, and by the way, they recovered what appeared to be flesh from his teeth. And this guy's a dentist. So oh it's so strange. So like we said, the trial schedule for November 4th, it remains unclear whether Harrifer's attorneys and prosecutors will actually put the case before a jury for the end of the year or what's going to happen. So, he, you know what, I can't imagine this is not going to stick as, as an insanity plea. I mean, you just watch what's happened to well, this that's kid. A, yeah. You can't tell me, though, that it took two weeks. This kid is, I bet you, they're going to go back and they're going to find out that this kid had issues all his life and no one recognized whatever signal it was he was giving off. Well, we're going to talk about that because they did recognize something was going wrong, but they thought he would snap out of it. Oh. Yeah, so Austin was walking home to his father's house again because he was leaving the Duffies, and he apparently made the wrong turn onto Kokomo Lane. You know where that is? No. Okay. It's one street over from his dad's house, and that's where this couple was sitting. They'd always sit in their garage and watch TV because they, they'd talk to the neighbors, and the neighbor that lived across the street, Jeffrey Fisher, saw what was going on to John Stevens and Michelle Mishkan. He saw something happening in the garage, so he runs across the street and saw the commotion, and then he got attacked by Harif and got stabbed in the back. He was bleeding. Oh, my goodness. Austin said, you don't want to be a part of this, and he called 911. Police and medical, young man beating up a woman across the street. And then he saw... Oh, poor man, watching that. He saw Austin Harif hitting the woman, but he didn't see the husband lying in the driveway. Are either of them injured? Can you tell from where you are? Yes, there's a girl laying on the ground. He beat her up. I ran over there. I'm bleeding profusely here at the moment. Okay. I don't know what happened. Can you tell if she's conscious? No, it does not appear so, no. Apparently, Harif didn't have any ID or phone, like you said, so it would be hard to ID him. But he did have a pocket knife on him, and then... Dr. Phil asked him, did you grab a machete? He grabbed a machete off the wall in the garage, too, apparently. So he had superhuman strength, which might be part of the lycanthropy. 
And that has nothing to do with any kind of outside substance he may have taken. Well, no, this is so weird. That's what they initially thought, that there were drugs in his system. And it took four cops, a stun gun, and a police dog to stop him. There were some reports that someone, you know, they were going to shoot him, but they didn't. I wonder why they didn't shoot him. In a lot of reports, he wasn't just biting him in the face. He was biting him in the abdomen as well. And another thing that's weird is in the 38-page report by the defense's psychologist, he says that Harif was shot, but he wasn't. The report actually says word for word, the fact that Mr. Harif persisted in biting the male victim in the presence of police officers, in spite of being shot, being tased, and receiving multiple kicks to the head, suggests Mr. Harif was actively psychotic. He concluded with reasonable medical certainty that on August 15, 2016, Mr. Austin Harif, as a result of severe mental disease, did not know that his conduct was wrong, which would meet the definition of an insanity plea in Florida. How did you feel? I felt terrible, and I really, really don't have words to explain how I feel. It's like, it's like a nightmare. I never imagined that this would ever happen. And I'm deeply sorry to the family that was affected. And I hope that something like this never happens again. I, I didn't ever want to consciously do something like this or I never planned it. I never, I didn't want to do it. And there's also a question of whether there were drugs in his system. That was the thinking and it was going to be the bath salts or flaca. Right. But uh, no, he had cannabis in his system and he did have a blood alcohol of like 0.17, which is twice the legal limit. And you would think that would diminish your your capabilities then if you're drunk. And the Martin County Sheriff, though, does talk about the blood work. I was surprised by the results. And of course, we'll have to leave it up to the jury. Now, the trier of fact to determine what, if anything, that the blood work impact will have on their trial. So, so there's something in the system that they're not releasing. We don't know. And at this point, alcohol, drugs can magnify mental illness. It can exacerbate it. Uh, the onset is usually in the late teens, as I said, early 20s. Parents need to educate themselves on what this looks like. You can't just think, what's wrong with you? Snap out of it type of thing. Your kid is not going to snap out of it. And chances are the opposite might happen. Like, this, this is going to be a great trial. If it does go to jury. Uh, so the Tequesta cop says he kicked him in the head, released the canine, uh, suspect had his fingers in the victim's mouth. Dog grabbed his arm, ripped it out of the his hand out of the man's mouth. He kicked him in the head again, stunned him, cuffed him, dragged him away, had to double cuff and shackle him. He screamed, kill me, I'm eating people, kill me. And then he apparently used knife, scissors, screwdriver, etc. Where did he get all this stuff from? From the garage. <laughs> but he also drank something in the garage, which is really, really weird because... He was growling, and they said the growling because he he went into a coma, and his whole esophagus and everything was burned. What did he drink? We don't know. Kerosene? And he doesn't remember. I think it was bleach. We don't know what it is. just an opinion. Yeah, it burned his whole thing. So he's charged with first-degree murder, and uh, so it could be a three-week trial in November, but there, of course, insanity plea is going to be on the table. When you're and you know more about this stuff than I am, say this this comes to fruition. They go to trial. They they plead insanity. They find him guilty of insanity. Do they just put him in a psychiatric a psychiatric facility for the rest of his life? I mean, is that what happens to him? Because I I know they have special prisons for well, stuff for like him, that. Well, for him, they'd have to make sure he's medicated. I mean, who's the guy that shot President Reagan? He's out with his mom. That's right. Well, that was how many Hinkley. years later? Hinkley, John Hinkley. 
Yeah, Hinckley shot Reagan in 1981, and in 2016, he was released from a mental facility into the care of his 90-year-old mother. He did have to agree to not have any contact with the Reagan family or Jodie Foster, and he had to take his medication. So you got him, like I said, 80% stopped taking their meds. If this kid stops taking his meds, it's a problem. Uh, but he faces two counts of first-degree murder and other charges stemming from this thing. But his dad told Dr. Phil that he knew the boy was having a mental breakdown. And this is what the dad said. He's had some kind of psychotic episode here. That's what I believe. He's had the symptoms for about two weeks prior. I just thought he'd snap out of it. He went from a happy person to he can't sleep, pacing the floors. He could barely work. He was tired. There's no question that he had mental problems. So why wouldn't you have him Baker acted? Or why wouldn't you call for help? You're a doctor. Well, he's a dentist. That's my question. And well, that's, you know what, in, in many cases, you think about the last time one your daughter or one of my kids did something goofy, and I think, God, you know what, you're not thinking 10 seconds to the future, as I always say, most teenagers are. No offense there, Lexi. She's um, not a teen. I know, 24. but still, she was at one point, not yeah. long ago. Yeah. You know, at 17, you really don't think 10 seconds to the future. You don't. You don't think of consequences. You don't think of what can happen to you. That's why you have all these idiot kids calling in bomb threats and stuff to get out of they school. They don't think about the repercussions. They don't think about the consequences. Well, they this, really don't. He doesn't want to think about what happened. He has. He doesn't remember much of what happened. And Is that all an act? I don't know, because when you get a medication after that, I just know from experience with my husband, he changed completely. The, and, and they are like, oh, they're remorseful. I hope that you can find it in your heart to forgive me. And I'm so sorry, and I never wanted this to happen. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Just parents, if you see confused thinking, long-lasting sadness, irritability, low and high moods, maybe even at the same time, excessive fear, worry, anxiety, social withdrawal, his friends stopped talking to him because he was acting strange, dramatic changes in eating or sleeping habits. Wow. So I guess drinking the Western oil and not sleeping. And when you don't sleep and you have that type of thing, it just makes it worse and worse and worse. So what um, do you do? Do you call 911 or do you call It's really hard to get Baker Act It's hard what? to Baker Act and it's hard to get them help. It's really hard. I'm speaking from personal and that's why this red flag law and everything. See, I've always been under the impression that if you called 911 and said my son or my daughter just said they want to commit suicide, they'll Baker Act him in a heartbeat. No. No. I don't know. I know that it's hard to do it. I'll disagree. Martin County, they'll put you away in an instant. I grew an up in instant. But that's only for 72 hours. Yeah, but still, it's enough to have At least they're going to medicate them. It's, it's enough to have a clinical psychologist or a psychiatrist or somebody, some kind of medical expert to examine you and say, yeah, there's something wrong here. But he thought he would snap out of it. So obviously he was in denial that this kid was experiencing severe mental illness. And I think most parents would do the same thing. They, you, you don't want to admit your child has a flaw. You don't want to admit your child's bad. You don't want to admit it could be because I was a crappy parent. This is what's happening. And that's what it is. It, it's either embarrassment. You don't want to face it. And I don't know what causes it, but I know I have done it in the past. You know, my kid's done something stupid, and I'd say, no, nah, that's nothing. 
and then you think you about mitigated it. it yeah, yeah. And then, uh, you know, a couple of weeks later, you look back and go, what the hell was I thinking? Well, I just know how the struggle I had with Roger, who he, you know, as a mailman, he thought that people were following him. Like I said, he burned his passport, counted his bullets. He was acting really, really paranoid and terrible. And it was really difficult. I had to call someone, a, a, a lawyer, to find out the exact verbiage to say to, in order to get him admitted. Wow. For a 72-hour stint. See, and, and in Martin County, I mean, I've lived there long enough. I, I can honestly tell you, if you called 911, and I, I, I'll bet my life on it, and you say, my kid just said he wants to commit suicide, or he, and, and if that's what you need to get him Baker acted, they'll come and they'll take him but away. But he wasn't saying he wanted to kill himself. Yeah. But no, and he was um, 19. I think if you call and they're 17 or underage, yes. but when they're 18 or 19, they're considered an adult. Yeah, so it's but a if they have, harder. if they have no, you know, uh, uh, they can't speak for themselves. In but this he's case. not saying it, he's just he's acting really weird. His mom you know? called nine one one. Yeah, so here's the mom, Mina Harif, dialed nine one one. My son, he's um, taken off. It seems like he's a little delusional. He says feels immortal and like a superhero. So I'm just I don't know what's going on with him. And he was out to dinner with his dad today. He took off. He left on foot. Yes. He has no ID on him, no phone. We'll say, I think the only thing he has on him is a pocket knife switchblade. So, she sounds said, like look. The, as, as a matter of fact, it sounds like the exact same dispatcher that took the call from the neighbor. If it was, I wonder if she put two and two together. So, she's telling him all this stuff, you know, but they don't find him until after, after the, fact. the fact. But then they got to find him. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, it's like looking for a needle in the haystack. You have no idea which way he went when he left the restaurant. You know, so how are they going to know where he is unless he's got a low jack But the thing is, he, he, he walked to the mom's house, she brings him back, and then he leaves again. You know what I'm saying? After he shook him and said, what's wrong with you? And you're going to let him walk on foot again? Well, you know what? I'm sure these parents are probably... And I don't mean to armchair you yeah, know, I, coaches. But, 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 you know, put yourself in their, in their position. They now look back at this and say, oh, my God, I should have, I could have, I, do, I Can didn't. Can you imagine? No, you got to live with this for the rest of their life. I think they're suffering enough right now. Yeah. To be honest with you. I don't know how much onus I would put on them or not. I have to think about it. But Austin reportedly, as I said, growling. Doctors believe it was because he burned his throat and he had inflamed airwaves from whatever this poisoning was. He used a machete from the garage. He found the left corner. He apparently took all his clothes off. Yeah. D- didn't he run away from the scene at one point and took all his clothes off and then that's why they caught him? See, I didn't realize He doesn't that- even know that he took his clothes off, but he did. He, yeah. And that he took his pants off. He doesn't remember that. And he doesn't want to talk about what he drank that burned his throat because because Dr. Phil asked him. Did you drink something in that garage that you found there? I don't want to talk about that. I can't talk about that. Uh-huh. Do you know what caused you to go into a coma? I didn't know at the time, but I guess I know now. Mm-hmm. No. And what have they told you caused you to go into the coma? Whatever I drank. Okay. Whatever I drank. See, I would think bleach would would just tear your insides to shreds. Well, he was in a coma. He was very sick. So, I mean, maybe we don't know what it was. Maybe it was bleach. He just seemed in a really dark place. He could have just been wanting to end it all. Well, this whole this whole thread. Yeah, he 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 goes. You don't want any part of this. When Jeffrey Fisher came in, and he's like, "I'm eating. I'm killing. Kill me. I'm eating people." So he couldn't help himself. Apparently. Uh, so I just wanted, this harkens back to what happened in Miami, the face eater there, May 28th, 2012. Remember it well. Remember this? Mm-hmm. And this was, there was actually guy. a home, there was a camera above it. And so there's video of it. It's really, oh. It's the, horrific to so, watch. And that's why they thought that 
Austin was on Flacco or bath salts because that's what happened in this case, they thought. So a witness said a naked man, again naked. Because you're burning up. It was a grisly assault on a homeless man whose face was eaten by that deranged assailant. It lasted 18 agonizing minutes. Oh, my God. He lived, right? Yes. So Rudy Eugene, authorities suspect, may have been high on dangerous new street drugs. Uh, One of them is known as bath salts. The other one's Flocka. And he had to be shot four times by police to stop the cannibalistic attack. That's amazing. And the victim, Ronald Popo, was in critical condition. 75% of his face devoured by Eugene. So he was taken to the hospital and he... Is this all from The Walking Dead? I know. And it makes you wonder if it has any influence on any of these things. Uh, He was admitted to Jackson Memorial Hospital, critical condition, 75 to 80% of his face, above the beard missing, left eye gouged out. Oh, my God. Underwent facial reconstruction surgeries, took two months. He remained permanently disfigured and blind. How horrific. A fund was set up. It raised $100,000. That'll last a week. Yeah. Unbelievable. But the thing is, is that Eugene was arrested before and he was... uh, wasn't very cooperative. He wouldn't follow orders. He was belligerent, according to Detective Mike Pons. He had a thousand-yard stare, and he wasn't assessing or understanding commands. So they believed that he was mentally ill, and according to the judge who handled the case, was never referred to the court's mental illness diversion program. Okay, wonderful. Okay, so there we go. Crack. And here he falls through it. Eugene was found guilty, but the court suspended his sentence, citing in court records the defendant is not likely to engage in a criminal course of conduct. How long later did he kill this guy or try to kill this guy? Relatively quickly. Wow. So that prediction proved to be horribly wrong. How horrible is this? I mean, this is cra- this is stuff you see in the movies. But this is it's the like mental- Walking Dead. But it's the mental illness thing all over again. Well, what is what does everyone keep on saying when it com- comes to gun violence? Oh, it's the guns. No, you know what? It's I believe ninety nine percent of those attacks, they're mental, they mental incapacity somewhere. Well, this is where it gets interesting because as a result of the media attention, the Centers for Disease Control released a statement saying that the CDC does not know of a virus or condition that would reanimate the dead or one that would present zombie-like symptoms. The CDC got involved, or lycanthropy. His toxicology was inconclusive, though. They didn't find any human flesh in his stomach, so he just bit it off and spit spit it it out. out. And a number of undigested pills were discovered that have not been identified. And so the toxicologist is like, look, he's from the University of Florida. We're not incompetent. We have the tools. We have the sophistication, the know-how. But the field is evolving so rapidly, it's hard for us to keep track. It's a race they can't win. That's crazy. You don't know what's inside these pills this guy took. Right. So the, That's amazing that you've got a scientist telling you that. But they're hot. They take their clothes off and they act like this. And they buy. I mean, they have similarities. So, But he did have cannabis in his system and so did Austin. So maybe there's something in the, in the pot. And with the vaping going on? Yeah, but I don't think vaping was that big back then. No, but I'm saying now, now that's oh, yeah. what's causing well, yeah. I'm Now just, it's killing them, though. This is completely connecting dots that may shouldn't be commi- Maybe it was just a bad batch of pot this guy got. You never know. So the Broward County Sheriff, Al Lamberti, expressed the belief that some new drug had played a role, but they tested it. And um, the police said they speculated it was bath salts, but the preliminary tox reports were positive only for cannabis. So was it bath salts? What was it? Um, Austin's father told Dr. Phil that his son was poisoned. He was poisoned. He had his inflamed esophagus and stomach, and his metabolites were way out of whack, and he almost died. The biggest question I have is, where did the poisoning come from? How did he get poisoned? I can't figure it out. So, but you know what? Let's, let's not forget two weeks prior to that, he was acting like a dog. 
So was he was he poisoned two weeks beforehand too? You know, this guy. What this it's the strangest see, case? You know, this is my take from that interview. They're on Doctor Phil, of course. You're going to go national and do a national interview when your son just ate somebody's face off instead of shutting up like your attorney probably told you to. But you go on national TV to buy your kid an alibi, and you're saying the kid was poisoned because that's the only way the kid would have acted this way. The dad was trying to put down a, some kind of defense for this kid. I mean, I think I think Lexi's right. I think he he drank bleach or he drank gasoline or or diesel or something like something that. Something burned his throat. He was looking in that garage for anything. Yeah, he grabbed everything Shetty, he could find. Drinking bleach or whatever the unknown substance was. But what you were saying earlier was it an act? I think a lot of people didn't know what to believe, especially after he did an interview. Harif was literally in the hospital. Yeah. When he did the interview, I, how that how they let that go through is beyond me. Very strange, and it's the only time he's ever talked. He hasn't talked to anybody except this woman who's ten years older than he is. Uh-oh. She had like struck up this relationship with him for eight months. He got all excited. They he thought she was Christian like him, and and then she started to act kind of weird, and so he dropped her. This is Harif talking to his mom about this mystery woman. I feel a lot better now that she's gone. I mean, in the beginning, I was really happy and like excited and stuff. But, like, as the month got on, it was just... Yeah. The mom so that, said, was that a, that a prison conversation? Yeah. So he took up this jailhouse relationship, and he's Christian. Was he Christian before the attack, or did he convert after? Gosh, if it was before, then he kind of took communion a little too far, drinking the blood and eating the flesh. Yeah, who knows? But in terms of the woman, apparently she wasn't really Christian and things didn't work out. There's some weird people out there. I, you know, I got to ask Lexi because, you know, you're a young, pretty girl. And, and a, a, anywhere in your life, because I'm, I'm old now and I, this never entered my mind, but would you ever be attracted to somebody that just killed somebody? No. Or in prison? It, it's, it's like my cats, you know, Eric and Lyle, the Menendez boys. They both got married. Yes. They, they, they cold-bloodedly killed their parents. Nicholas Cruz has people sending them pictures of themselves in lingerie. One, one They want to have babies with them named Kalishnikov and Glock. What is wrong with the Ted world? Ted Bundy had a baby in jail. Yeah. Rose Bundy was born in 1982 while her father was on death row here in Florida. Carol Ann Boone was his wife. People are weird. I should talk, but crazy attracts crazy for some reason. There's actually a term for it. It's a type of paraphilia. It's called hybrostophilia. You're right, and these women usually contact high-profile criminals. They kind of want to have an association with someone who's famous, but is also a bad boy. And they do so for the following reasons. They believe they can change the man. They see a little boy that the killer once was, and they want to nurture him. And they hope to share the media spotlight or get a book deal or movie deal from it. Good grief, how opportunistic. And the guy's a perfect boyfriend. She knows where he is at all times, and she knows he's thinking about her. That is sick. I mean, Boone thought Bundy was innocent the whole time, and when she found out otherwise, she ended up divorcing him. So who really knows? Wow. But so um, Austin Harris did a lot of stuff on YouTube, and it was weird. And uh, he was called himself Austy Frosty. And that was his YouTube handle on his channel. Now, this was before he went and ate people. Yeah, he, okay. he recorded freestyle raps and some videos. He appeared to be much like any other young adult posting on social media, goofy college student, remember he went to FSU, and sometimes offered fitness advice. He, and he refused to take steroids. He didn't believe in those. He wanted to be healthy. So in other more recent videos, he rapped lyrics and he said, he got a psycho side and a normal side. I've lost my mind. Help me find it. That speaks volumes, huh? 
Yeah. So he knew he was losing it. We'll let you know what happens at his trial on November 4th. Where is it taking place? It'll in Martin County? Martin County, but, you know, again, it may not go to jury. This may be... Martin County Courthouse isn't that large. It's going to be a zoo in downtown Stewart for this trial. Yeah. So we'll let you know what happens. Thank you, Jen. You're welcome, Karen. That wraps up Fullmaker. Thanks, Lexi. Thanks for having me, guys. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.